Welcome to show number 37 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. So we've just had a lovely dinner. It was great. Where for reasons that passeth understanding, we ended up talking about Kanunu Reeve. (laughs) So to get that nasty taste out of our brain, we have to talk about... Sex toys. You know, we haven't actually talked about sex toys for a while now. I know. It's been, like we had too much Shatner stuff to do because there's always too much Shatner you know, stuff to at, do. At Shatner weekend, our official stalking weekend, <laughs> we're going to have to talk to him about, you know, just cutting back on his activities a little bit. It's too much to we cover. We can't keep up. It's a 24-hour-a-day job. And he's older than both of oh, us put, put together. together. Oh, man. Well, we do have some exciting sex toy chat to get to this week. Um, as I mentioned in, in the last real show um, prior to the, the uh, April Fool's show, um, we, we ordered some stuff from Condom Country, and they were sent to us. Condom Country. And the stuff arrived, so we're very, very excited about this. So we have two things to talk about. One are the little scratchies, and then we have the iBuzz. We got the iBuzz. So shall we do the iBuzz first? Yes. Okay. Um, so, and I'm seeing this for the first so, time. So here it is. It came in this rather lurid box. And it's not actually called an iBuzz here, but uh-huh. it's clearly, it's the thing. I mean, it's the it, super it, professional. Yeah. So it's called the Interchangeable Super Professional Passion Set. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm in love with the adjectives. Uh, yeah, USB compatible. Um, so that's what it is. Simply plug the USB plug straight into any... Wait, USB... Eat. So it's U.S. beat. Yeah, but it's yeah, in a different I, font, know. so it's like eat. Um, and you're <laughs> ready to play. It's so simple. And this silly model on the front says, ooh, right? Yeah. <laughs> the convenience of USB is simply mind-boggling. Dangerously orgasmic, highly sensitive, <gasps> it says. So lo and behold. I knew computers were good for something. It comes with all these attachments. Which we're now looking at now. The the object itself... All of which bear a strange resemblance to Flipper. Yeah, they're, they're blue. They're made of sort of a blue jelly material, but they're fairly uh, rigid. They're not squishy. And um, the thing itself is a little thing that plugs into the USB port on your computer. Then there's the controller, and then there's the... Um, the thing that goes on your finger, and if you've ever seen those commercials for, what is it called, the Fukuoku, Fukuoku. that's what this is. Okay, I have all the attachments <laughs> on the tips of you my fingers. You look like Corella Deville, is what it you is. You know what I, I feel like? I feel like a really sexy Borg. <laughs> you will be assimilated. Assimilated resistance. These are amazing. Aren't those cool? Dun, dun, they are just so dun, cool. Dun, 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 dun. They're pretty cool. Wow. So, um, let me, let me first run through this and give, give everybody a little taste of what this is about, and then I'll tell you how it works. Okay. <laughs> I'm having too much trouble with okay. the attachments. Okay. This is the best, and I'm going to try to do this with the microphone, like, on the fly, so if, if I fuck it up, I'm really sorry, but we should be able to do it. You can talk into this microphone. <laughs> um, the, the, um, the vibrations are um, pretty quiet. Except when you're going to do like I'm doing and holding it up to a microphone okay. so that you can hear it. Now, the cool thing is that it comes with a controller. There's an up and a down, which is not up and down in intensity. It just skips from um, – it has ten different settings for the vibrations. And five different and attachments. And five different attachments, which is awesome. Wow. It's awesomely awesome. 
this is my favorite thing right now. <laughs> okay, I want us to go on Home Shopping Network. I want us to stop podcasting right now and get on Home Shopping Network. Every woman should have one of these. Okay. Um, so when you go through it, you click up and it goes to one, and you click up again and it goes to two, and if you click down, it goes back to one. So it just cycles through them. This is so much more useful than a man. Uh, <laughs> I just had to say that. All right. <clears throat> now, on the side of the box, there's a little guide to the different um, cycles of vibration that it goes to. And I'm going to read them and then do the noise so that okay. you can hear it because these are pretty good. So here's the first one. This is just vibrate number one. Okay, it's pretty quiet. I yeah. I'm holding it close to my feet. Very here. quiet. Okay. Here's vibrate number two. A little louder. Vibrate number three. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, number four is pulsate. See the light blink. <laughs> okay. Number five is surge. Number six, into surge. Does it do SOS? Number seven, intermittent. Oh no! Should I scream at the top? You can. Okay. (laughs) Okay, and number ten. Oh, there's more. The gradient burst. Okay. Oh my god. Take out the buzzy effect and just do the, the sort of the escalation and the rhythm. Uh-huh. If you just think of that, I've made those sounds. <laughs> I swear to you. It says, completely controlled by a tiny microprocessor, the vibrator components can be easily manipulated to give you the ult- an ultimate deep and penetrating orgasm. I believe it. So with all these cute little names, there's also a graphic representation of each of them to show you what that's supposed to be. So I was just laughing my head off listening to these sounds because it was cracking me up. And the fact that they call one roller coaster. Okay, so you've got 10 different vibrations, five different attachments. That's 50 different things you personally need to test. Plus, you can also do it without any of the attachments at all. So that counts as number six. So that's 60. 60. It's amazing. So, um... What what the my verdict on this is that I think in about a week you're going to have to do an intervention <laughs> <laughs> like they did on Sex and the City. Okay, where she was in love with the rabbit. With the rabbit because this is just way too much fun. It's a great great vibrator. Have you tested it yet? I have. I did test it. And it's great? Oh, it is really good. It is really really good. I played around with the different settings. I tried a couple of those different things there. Wow. Um some of the attachments well the attachments are wait, different. Wait, wait, wait. 
I've got these on my fingers and you're telling them. You use them. Oh, you're such a good friend. I clean them. He's not. I'm like disgusted. Um, Ew. There's, there, this is an interesting shape. There's one that's like a teeny weeny little penis. Uh-huh. And then there's one that's like a little horn. Yeah. Like a little rhino horn. And then there's one that's got some little bumps on it. It's like a little funnel thing mm-hmm. with bumps. And then there's one that looks like a hammer. Yep. Or a microphone. <laughs> or a microphone. And then I don't know what this looks it's like. It's a shark. It's a shark or a popsicle maybe. I'm not really sure. Um, there, uh, the vibration is less intense when you put it over the the top of this thing so just as a demonstration we just put it on normal hair so this is the way it normally feels it's a pretty strong vibration is that the low one yeah wow and then if you put say this little guy over the top that's still good it's still pretty good yeah you know i would i would say the only disadvantage to this well there's two they have to get it from new zealand <laughs> number one <laughs> number two is that you have to use it at the computer. Well, the cord's pretty long, <laughs> as you can see. So this is not really a problem. Well, it's not a problem for me because my computer is pretty much next to the bed anyway at that time of the evening. Um, so I, I can give this a very, very strong recommendation. Why they don't sell it in the United States is completely beyond me because this is a great, great thing. Um it, it occur- Do they sell something like this? That's I, maybe not USB. I but- don't know. It's great that it's USB because you don't have to worry about the batteries running out. Yeah. And you don't have to plug it into the wall outlet, which is also, and like, it's generally, quiet. it's quiet further away than your computer. So it's small. It's quiet. It, it's, you know, what else could you ask for from a thing like this? So I'm very pleased that I got this. And this is definitely um, my new favorite thing that I want to play with. I was also thinking that this would probably be pretty handy if you were, like, doing I am sex with someone, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. Because then it would be a little easier to... Or reading smut. Or reading smut. Or porn. Or porn or watching porn on your computer. That yep. would be a good thing, that too. That could be really good. So it's it's a... And a then the cops thing. break in and it's all pretty embarrassing and ugly. Well. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's my review of the iBuzz. Um, so um, thanks, Greg, honey. <laughs> I'm going to just sort of interject here before we go on to our next little sex toy and tell you something that yeah. I forgot to tell you earlier. On my recent vacation to Florida, I did some research, and cooter is a Florida expression. Wow, an actual Floridian expression. Yes, and I, I went up to several people on the street. <laughs> And ask Random them, strangers. Do you know what a cooter is? And yeah, no, I didn't ask random strangers, but I did ask people who were in a position to know because yeah. they live in Florida. Yeah. And cooter is wow, Florida expression. Wow. Did you get any feel of um, whether it's sort of a playful term or whether it's a nasty term? It's a nasty term. It's nasty. Okay. Well, the people I um, asked were a little shocked that I even brought oh, it up. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. Well, that's good to know. Wow. I think we know more about that word now than anybody else. Probably. I, you know, I may go back to school and write a thesis <laughs> on regional euphemisms for vagina. Yeah. Starting with cooter. 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 So. So what's the other thing? Let's Okay. Look at this. this is the thing. We couldn't even figure out what the hell it is. It's sexy scratchers. Uh-huh. And I haven't opened it yet. We okay. have two packets of it. But it's... <laughs> it says lottery ticket on the... Yeah, room. it says sexy scratcher lottery ticket. And it's got this graphic of a, a finger, like, scratching. The orgasm race. Mm. So now we're competitive with the orgasms. William Shatner. <laughs> William Shatner. Does not like to lose. Does not like to lose. Uh-huh. Maybe we should have him autograph this. 
It's called an orgasmothon. Oh, an orgasmothon. Like a marathon. Mm-hmm. And it's got a little graphic of two naked men, people, man and woman, except for their sneakers. Mm-hmm. And they're down in the crouching starting position, facing off and grinning each, at each other. It says, scratch play area number one to uncover the three steps to follow for this sprint event. Sprint event, okay. If you reach orgasm within the written time length, move on to play area number two, and so on. Okay, so, well, let's open it up. Let's open it let's up. Let's give it a whirl. Actually, um... Does it come with more instructions than that? No, it's just this little card in plastic. And on the back, it's got, you know, um, sold as novelty only. Okay. And it's made by Aze Creations, which is French for Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need coins to scratch well, this off? I'm going to reach over to my person and get a coin. I mean, they're kind of implying you could do this with your fingernail. Yeah, but I don't want to. <laughs> You notice how, well, you were pointing out in this little cartoon that um, the the man has a deeper butt cheek cleft <laughs> than the woman does. He also has little bumps on his spine, and the woman yeah. doesn't, so that's kind of a little I odd. think he's got goosebumps. He's scared, because he knows that she can come more times than he can. Okay, so you're going to be number one? Well, I'm going to scratch it off and see what it says. All right. It says, where? On the kitchen table. Okay. So is this like... um. Colonel Mustard on the kitchen table <laughs> with the, the eye buzz. Well, is this supposed to be masturbation or sex? I think it's sex. It's sex? Okay. Well, let's see if we can figure well, it out. Okay, two. then. Time. 15 minutes. Okay, many men are eliminated from the competition right now. Right there. Okay. And challenge perform oral sex on her. That's a challenge? That's a requirement. Excuse me. So you've got 15 minutes to make her come by eating her. On the kitchen table. On the kitchen table. Depends on the guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say it's pretty much a given. Yeah. 15 minutes. Okay. Let's assume we've done that. We go on to number two. Now, I'm not sure who the winner is here. (laughs) Maybe this is some kind of win-win Well, you know, in number one, I would say it's the woman, pretty much. (laughs) Okay, the second event in this triathlon, where? In the shower. In the shower, that's good. I like that. Okay. Because we're all dirty from the kitchen table. Time, 15 minutes. 15 minutes, okay. Okay. Hope there's enough hot water. (laughs) Challenge. You're doing a hotel, so there is hot water. Oh, give your partner a blowjob. In the shower. Yeah. Oh. 15 minutes. Yeah, you could do that. Stiff job, but you could do it. Yeah, well. So now you've each come. Yeah. Presumably. Presumably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the problem with blowjobs in the shower are that... Um, You'll drown? Well, you have to be willing to get your hair wet. <laughs> oh! Oh! So, it's either get your hair but wet... But I don't sacrifice for my sport. Or wear a shower cap, which is the most unsexy thing in the world. It's true. It is true. In fact, you know what? Sex wearing any kind of hat. Hats? Not really. Not good. Not, not good. Not good. Okay. Number three, where? On the living room couch. Okay. Time. 20 minutes. 20 minutes? You okay. both come and now you got to go 20 minutes oh, wow. longer. Wow, this is a hell of a competition. The Big Bang. What does that mean? Fuck. That's pretty boring. 
I thought they would have given more instructions for the last one, like, you know, twist into a pretzel or stand on your hands or... Yeah. This is amateur. Oh, man. <laughs> I write filthier smut than that. <laughs> Competitive smut. Hmm. Well, that's that's what the scratchy thing All is. Right. Well, that's interesting. Now, I mean, so it's a novelty. This isn't like a party game, unless your party was an orgy, presumably. Yeah. So maybe, like, you know, if, if you're... Maybe there are more challenging versions of this. Hmm. Could be. Because, you know, okay, the kitchen table, the shower, the living room couch, you know, where's um, under the bleachers mm-hmm. and um, Macy's furniture department? On the picnic table in the backyard. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. In the swimming pool. In, in the hot tub. In the hot tub, yeah. Yeah. And certainly some some more creative yeah. sex acts. Well, and I think that the time limit should be varied, too, you know. Yeah. Especially if it's a competition, you'd want to shorten that time limit, mm-hmm. right? See how fast you could do it? Yeah. Okay, and so what is the penalty if you don't reach orgasm within the written time length? What, you're what? Uh, you're booed? You're disqualified. I don't know. <laughs> you, can, you can never have sex again? Are you suspended from the sport? You have to switch partners? I don't know. Wow. Now, you see, I think you and I could come up with better rules than this. I agree with you. Now, you know whose version of this I would love to read? <laughs> Is the same people who wrote the rules for um, Lord of the Rings Trivia Pursuit, <laughs> which we couldn't even figure out. Have them write orgasmothon rules. But then there would be, like, dice involved and stuff. Well, you know what? We have sex dice. You do? Yes. And you, you shake the dice. It's one. You, 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 you roll the die. The die. And, um, and that's what you have to do. Does it have good things on it, or is it boring like this? It's okay. Yeah? It's okay, but you know, there's only six sides. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't even get through two settings on this, this iBuzz thing uh, yeah. with only six sides. Oh, see, two dice would be better, because then you could have a com- combinations of things. That would be Which more might be difficult. Yeah, so it would be be interesting. Yeah, it would be very yeah. challenging. Yeah, now I'm thinking this could be like a figure skating sport. So first of all, there's the required <laughs> school figure, figures, uh-huh. which are, I, I don't know, you know, Nipple tweaking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and things like that. And then there's freestyle, mm-hmm. which would be great. The short program, which has required technical elements. Mm-hmm. And the costumes. <laughs> and I do like the costume you contributed at dinner, which is wearing dental floss. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what about music? Oh, yeah, to yeah. do music, yeah. Oh, to do yeah. Music, yeah. Now, did you know this? <laughs> I don't know. At the Olympics, when you're, you know, figure skater, mm-hmm. at the Olympics... Your music cannot have um, singing. It's got to be instrumental. I think I knew that somewhere. And didn't there used to be a rule, like a long time ago, that the music had to be copyright free? So it was like, it had to be public domain music. Oh, really? This is a long time ago. Wow, I didn't know. Well, that explains all the classical music. Exactly. So that's why they only used to use classical music or like the the, um, people from the then communist bloc countries had stuff where the composers, of course, didn't own the copyrights to mm-hmm. it because they were, you know, it was all owned by the state and stuff. Wow. I think that's right. Wow. Somebody will write in and correct me. Well, was, speaking of butts, which we're supposed to be, <laughs> um, one of my favorite Olympic moments was we were watching Pears figure skating, and he threw her, and she landed. It was beautiful, except her panties went up her butt. Oh. And she had to finish the rest of this, like, three-minute program with a giant wedgie. <laughs> On worldwide television, you know, and every time she did backwards skate, of course, it, hilarity ensued. Look at her butt. Yeah, <laughs> look at her. She's got a 
Daddy, come out of the kitchen and look at this. You know, it's very exciting. Oh, that's so funny. So, hmm. So we played Mirror Gasmathon game. That was I, fun. Well, we didn't exactly play it. We sort well, of we... did an overview. Uh-huh. But I really think in the sexual Olympics, there's got to be a lot more going on mm-hmm. than this. I agree. But thanks, Greg. Now we know what they are. And yeah. they weren't scratch and sniff, which is good because I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. Um, on the subject of sex toys, I just wanted to read a quick email that we had gotten from one of our listeners. Um, and I'm not really sure how this is... Um, pronounced it's spelled q-u-v-m-o-h so um cuvmo maybe okay i'm not sure so uh thanks for writing in and um this person says as deep shave is holding back on the goods i would like to add to the testing of the turbo not much use on the forward array but if hung from the aft torpedo port the admiral will quickly start barking orders in clipped battle language <laughs> dot dot <laughs> What I does like the that. Say, oh, this is so sexy. No, I like that. I thought I that, do was, too. that was really, it's really It's funny good. and sexy. It's funny and sexy. Best combination. So I think that wraps up the sex toy segment. Thank you, Cuvmo. Thank you for that. Uh, let's see. We're going to watch some TV. Mm-hmm. I think we have to do Boston Legal. Okay. Maybe just get that out of the way. You say get that out of the well, way like it's a chore. Well, then we have this other whole Shatner special to do. Lena, milk bath. Yeah, there is the milk bath. That's going to be good. Uh, Okay, so let's take a little musical break, and and we'll just dive right into it. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us. We would love to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email, links, and sound files to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook using GarageBand. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has collected together some of the best science fiction, fantasy, and gaming podcasts out there. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has a lot of great programming that you might be missing. The goal of this podcast is to showcase some of the great shows available on the network so that you don't miss out on all the fun. Each episode will contain an interview with a TSFPN podcaster and clips from their show. I'll also play some of the fun, funny, and cool clips from some of the other TSFPN shows from this week. To start listening to TSFPN Sci-Fi Access, just visit tsfpn.com. Straight 
bucks. We have something else in common. What's that? We're both leading men. We're like stars in our own show. Only the star doesn't have only one leading lady. Oh, sure, sometimes at the end of an episode, looks like he's settling down with someone, but the next week she's not there, it's somebody else. It's a way of holding up viewer interest. You're a strange man, Danny. Strange leading man. Are we back? We're back. We're back. We're so back. And we've watched two episodes of Boston Legal. Yeah, one really um, at a normal speed, and then the other one really, really, really fast. Yeah. Because there wasn't that much in it that we... Well, in the second one, we got to skip all the legal stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think we both agreed that in the second show, there was way too much legal stuff. Yeah, and not enough soap opera. Not enough soap opera stuff. You know, I understand that the show is called Boston Legal, but that does not in any way bind the creators to showing lawsuits. And, yeah, and, you know, why be limited by labels like legal show? (laughs) I mean, honestly, if Alan or Denny aren't involved, I'm just not interested. (laughs) Okay, so I think the first one, mm-hmm. um, we skipped a lot of because it was about Paul's daughter and it was about these other cases that weren't too interesting. But there were two things that were interesting. One was that it dealt with sex toys. That was a really good. A lawsuit involving a sex a toy. A real actual sex toy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, a hysteria machine. Which was a Victorian sex toy mm-hmm. that this guy did Steam not... Steam-powered. Yes. <laughs> that this guy did not want to give up to his wife as mm-hmm. part of the divorce settlement. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the 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 really fun part of this for me was the judge mm-hmm. because she was like still trying to be a judge, but also interested yes. in the thing very much. So. so that was fun. That was good. I like that one. And uh, the other interesting thing in it, I think, was the uh, the little conversation Denny had with Ivan Tom Selleck, <laughs> who I've got to say this. I have got to say this. His eyebrows look. <laughs> Like, they're pasted on. They do. They really and do. And his facial hair looks pasted on. And you know why? Because, this is my theory, but I'm sure I'm right, so it's a fact. Um, they're all dyed. Oh, yeah. And that it's totally all makes sense. one very flat color. I agree with you. And that's what makes it look fake. Totally agree. Because nobody's hair is all one color, right, really. Right, right, No, you're absolutely right about that. I agree. Yeah, yeah. it does look right. And yeah. he's still Tom Selleck, you know. He's yeah, not, yeah. Whoever he's supposed to be on the show. But that whole weird little conversation, which you have played a clip of, right? Yes, yes. Where, where Dennis, Denny's explaining the role of the leading man was mm-hmm. just so delicious. That was good. And he is. He is a leading man. Yes. Always. Always. Oh. So the second episode was much more interesting. Um, the part that wasn't the lawyering part, <laughs> uh, where Denny and Alan go to a spa, essentially. Right. And, in fact, they do take a milk bath. Yes. Now, when we were talking about this a couple of shows ago, when Shatner was saying that, we were laughing and saying, oh, my God, he's so making this up. But he wasn't. <laughs> he was telling the truth. I can't believe it. I know. I was amazing. And that would be interesting to ask Bill if he had ever had a milk bath before. Really? Does he enjoy milk baths? Like a milk bath with little rose petals floating on top yeah. of the water. While you're smoking cigars. While you're smoking. Well, you know, you smoke those cigars. But it, it, the, the setup to this, this... This whole episode, although it had some good things to it, um, it kind of creaked mm-hmm. because um, I got the feeling that the word salad, which was um, sort of a, a mental, another mental illness mm-hmm. Alan Shore now has, which is that he started speaking nonsense mm-hmm. in the court, just gibberish words. And 
both of us felt he did a remarkable acting oh, job yeah, he with was great. that. But um, it was brought on by stress, so Danny takes him to a spa. Well, this is a really major problem to just sort of use as a, a setup to let's get the two of them at a spa mm-hmm. in a milk bath together. Mm-hmm. Which is really what it felt like. It did. And I have to say, I asked you this while we were watching it, whether there was any resolution to his problem. And there wasn't at the end of the episode. I'd be very curious to see if they just drop it. And it it becomes like, oh, it was this thing that happened and now it's not going to happen anymore. Well, and that's sort of what they've done with his his fear of clowns and his night terrors. They mention them every now and then. Yeah, but but they're not there. We don't see manifestations... um, we don't see any real follow up uh-huh. to it, and then this took such a weird turn when they had their lovers quarrel. Yeah, it it seemed so out of character, and so contrary to everything that we've seen about the friendship between those two characters so far. And it wasn't that either Shatner or Spader were doing a bad job of acting, because they were acting the lines as mm-hmm. written. They were just, I think, badly written lines and not at all what those two characters would do, given everything right. that we've seen about the way that they behave towards each other and the way that they feel about each other. And, and the strangest thing is, okay, Alan's got all this um, this tension. He needs to relax. That's why he's having word salad. And so he finally confesses to Denny that he's nervous about work. He's afraid he'll be fired. And I'm going, what? He can't be fired. First of all, Denny, name partner, senior name partner, mm-hmm. is his best friend. And he's got naked pictures of sure, Shirley. Yeah. The only one he doesn't have something on at Crane Pool and Schmidt is Poole. Uh-huh. And Poole's off in the insane asylum. Right. Paul cannot fire him much as he wants to, mm-hmm. which we used to get a lot of play of. Yeah. Was Paul wanting to get rid of him. But he, Denny and Shirley are not going to allow it. Shirley would be too threatened. Right, exactly. So, so I, it was all... That seemed very contrived. You know, suddenly he's worrying about his job and... They, I mean, they they tried to address it with Denny saying to him, oh, you used to relish that. You never wanted to feel tied down and all the rest of it. And it's like, yeah, all that stuff was absolutely true. Why would it change now? It, it doesn't seem like suddenly his friendship for Denny would make him not feel that way anymore, change his basic personality type. And, and what it was was this was all this really roundabout, circuitous, strange maze sort of way of... Getting him to say, I would miss my balcony time, I would miss you, mm-hmm. which, based on everything we've seen up until now, did not need to be said. No, not for at all. For the viewers, for them, for anybody. So what What was this? I don't know. And and that was part of the beauty of their relationship, too, is that so much of it was unspoken. Mm-hmm. When they had those little moments where they would say something to each other that indicated the depth of their relationship, it was always either very light and joking or very spare. Just a few words, and it wasn't like, oh, now we have to talk about our relationship. Well, and in that way, a lot of this episode reminded me of a lot of fanfic. It did. It was like that. Because one of the the things we fanfic writers love to do is play the subtext on the top. Mm -hmm. And that's what this was doing. I agree. And it was using an awkward setup Mm -hmm. to get to that. I completely agree. So despite milk bath and facial masks mm-hmm. and hand-holding and horrible pink sweaters, um, this didn't work. No, I didn't feel that it worked. Um, so I just wanted to know, they're at some. You, you thought you knew which hotel they were at. Yes, it looked an awful lot to me like the Ritz-Carlton in... Uh, in West Palm, okay, which I have stayed at. Okay, so 
at this hotel, presuming it is that hotel, um, is the pool area really a pickup joint like it was portrayed in this episode? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, you're in a classy place like this. You're, you're hanging around by the pool reading a book. Is it just the norm for some strange man to come up and, and like, hit on you like that? <laughs> it didn't happen to me. But I want to tell you what I thought about that scene. You surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you what I thought about that scene. Yeah. He goes up to the woman. Well, as soon as he comes up, she goes, oh, no one's sitting here. Exactly. Okay, and he is not charm and hotness, who you no, would no, no, absolutely no. kick somebody out of the next He's a dork in a sweater. Yeah, <laughs> so why is this happening? And then he says, I'm Alan Shore, uh-huh. and she says, I'm Jessica. She doesn't give her last name. So I thought she was a hooker. I thought she was a hooker who had been paid by Denny. Oh, I see. I hadn't gotten that far. Oh, that's, well, you see, that's where my mind went. Uh-huh. But I thought she was a hooker, too. And again, a total... A lack of cause and effect when when um, Alan starts speaking gibberish to uh-huh. her, I could see being confused by it. But being made angry enough to throw a drink in his face—that's just stupid. I mean, yeah. you'd be creeped out, and you'd say like, "I have to go now," but you yeah. wouldn't throw a drink in his face. Yeah, that's really weird. I wonder if she was set up by Denny. Hmm. Well, we didn't get that. No, but I mean, his reaction could have indicated that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna have to think about that some more. That's a really good theory. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And what was with the placement of Da Vinci Code? <laughs> Why was because, that in there? Because it's all tied into all the the subtext that oh, we're not please. seeing or something. Uh, that was stupid. Um. So we liked the fact that when the two of them are sitting there getting facials and everything. Um, they're both wearing robes, and Bill's is sort of hiked up so you can see his inner thigh. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. He's such a tease. He is. And then um, we noticed at the very end of the episode when they are doing their balcony scene, and they're both wearing their, their souvenir robes over their their suits, well, their, their shirts and ties anyway, which was a little odd. Do you know what it reminded me of? What? When Ricky Ricardo used to wear a smoking jacket <laughs> around the house, but he'd have on a necktie and everything. Right, of course. <laughs> They should have smoking jackets. That would be cool. But those were just... Next season, I swear they'll do it. Those were just Terry Cloth And robes. they'll each have their initials Their initials embroidered, exactly. A big and curly, like Laverne and Shirley. Right. But you had the big right. L, you know, a big D and a big A. And you know what else? In that curly font. Fezzes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, even Ricky Ricardo could not carry off a fez. <laughs> No. Oh, no. come on! And, and like those open back okay, slippers. Wait, wait. The open back slippers, maybe, but we have discussed this. Bill does not look it's good true. in a hat. It's true. It's true. I was just thinking, you know, going for the whole, like, gentleman's relaxation thing. It's like the smoking jacket and the fez and the oh, open back slippers. Oh, that's ugly. Anyway, that's ugly. Um, we noticed that they were sitting really close to each other at the end of the episode. Yes, Alan was now perched on the on the table, table, not even in his own chair. That's right. So who knows what that means? But he is living in his hotel again. Yeah. So who knows why he moved out? I don't, I don't know. know. That was Too weird. Close for comfort. I don't know. So no Boston legal for a couple of weeks. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. By a very strange remake of Ten Commandments. <laughs> And uh, no, no coming attractions, no previews, so we have nope. no idea. But we know. do know it's going to have a two-part season finale, mm-hmm. and Parker Posey is going to be oh, in a three-episode right. arc. That's very interesting, yeah. So, so, and what was that about the set guys having to work overtime? <laughs> we found a, a clip somewhere or announcing this about Parker Posey saying that they had brought in extra carpenters to construct additional and sturdier scenery 
because of all of the scenery chewing that would be going on by um, Spader, Shatner, and Parker Posey. Yes. I, I think that's going to be That good. was very, I like very her. funny. That was good. She's so good in those Christopher Guest movies. Oh, I love those Christopher Guest <laughs> movies. Love them, love them. Okay. Um, I wanted to read a little something before we move on to our next thing. Okay. Um, so, as, as faithful listeners will have known, uh, we have been enjoying the MySpace account <laughs> oh, by okay. Jim in, in San Francisco, the swinger. <laughs> and we read part of one of his previous blog entries, which was a response to a survey. So this is very short. It's not nearly as long as the last one, but there are some excellent responses in here. And I so want to have him on the show. Or okay. Well, have you contacted him? I tried. I sent him a message via MySpace okay. and he hasn't answered me yet. Okay. Well, he's probably flooded with I'm, I'm sure he's, he's got like 8,000 friends and stuff. Um, so this was good. This was another survey that he filled out and these were just the sex answers and there's just about 10 of them in here. So, uh, this particular survey was divided into different sections, like the food section and the sports section. So okay. this is the little sex section. And he says, about freaking time. <laughs> Question, do you like sex? Answer, do I? <laughs> uh, are you a good fuck? And he says, good is such a mild term. Yes. Do your partners think you are a good fuck? Never left an unsatisfied customer. Do you own a sex toy? Yes. How many sexual toys do you own? My phaser, my tricorder, my photon torpedo. <laughs> this could take a while. <laughs> How much porn do you really have? A full half of the ship's computer library is 23rd century <laughs> porn. <laughs> then it's the big sex section and says, now we're really talking. This is so funny. Do you like the use of desserts during sex? He says, let me save you a little time. If your question starts with, do you like, and ends with <laughs> sex, then the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, that's too good. <laughs> I love that answer. That, I absolutely that love beautiful. that That is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. It's <laughs> a tear in my eyes. It's so funny. And so true. Well, that's why it's funny, because oh. it's true. Okay, a couple more. <laughs> everyone has that, so this is the question, everyone has that one secret fantasy that they think would go too far. What's yours? A giant orgy in the Enterprise rec room. Oh, wait, we did that last short leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then this is the last one. Who's the best fuck you've ever had? He says, me. <laughs> I fucked myself when I was trapped in the body of Doc- Dr. Janice Lester. I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Jim. Oh, oh my God. Oh, Such my God. We've got to get him on the show. We really do. So um, I'm going to keep going through his blog. There were some other really funny things, but I just love those little answers. That was beautiful. They're classic. That was wonderful. I feel like we should be paying him because we're mining <laughs> this for our own material now. Yeah, as soon as you and I start getting paid, we can cut, cut in our contributors. We'll cut in our, our unwitting contributors. <laughs> Maybe we could send him um, one of the orgasmothons. Oh, he, he might like that. <laughs> I'm sure he would uh, improve that game. Oh, my God, that's funny. Uh, can, can we talk about one more thing briefly before we, sure. we cut out for the next yeah, segment? Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about this, and you wouldn't let me unless I was on the air. I read a book, <laughs> and um, 
it had, if they make a movie, a TV miniseries out of this, it had just the best role for Bill in it. Oh. And I meant to bring the damn book with me and read you a little segment. But anyway, the book is called American Gods mm-hmm. by Neil Gaiman. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I've never read anything of his before. But anything that's, you know, going to have mythology in it, I'm, I'm right there. I just love this stuff. And I'm just going to give away a little bit about it. And it's stuff that happens near the beginning of the book. So mm-hmm. it's not a spoiler by any means. But this guy um, gets out of prison. And on his way home, he meets a man, an, an older man who you know appears to be like in his seventies, mm-hmm. and strikes up a conversation. And the guy is, um, is a good talker, and he is a, a con artist. He's a grifter, and throughout the book, he's explaining to the guy different cons he's run and everything. And he also turns out to be the god Odin. And at one point, early in the book. This just made me laugh out loud. Um, the guy ends up working for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's working for Mr. Wednesday, <laughs> as he is called. He's working for Mr. Wednesday. He doesn't quite know what they're doing yet. And uh, he gets concerned about something and goes to Mr. Wednesday's hotel room, where he has a, a beautiful woman with him. Uh-huh. And the next day, Wednesday says something to him about, you want to know how I do so well with women? And the guy says, you pay him. He goes, no, I don't have to pay him. Charm. <laughs> I'm going and in hotness. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. But anyway, the book goes on. It, it's certainly intriguing. I wouldn't say it's a great book, but mm-hmm. it, it's good. And once you get that image in your head of Bill playing this, it fits like a glove. Wow, it's a great role for him. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. We should suggest that to someone with the power. Okay. Maybe we can tell him when we go to right. Shander, we we ask can. all our other questions before we get kicked out. Bill, you should be playing Mr. Wednesday. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up, and, and if uh, any of our listeners have read that book, yeah, that's good. Well, I would like to read that book one day, and I will. Um, now that you've told me, I'm sure that Bill will be in my mind as yeah. that character, which is always a good thing. Well, he's there anyway. I'd be happy to lend it to you. Okay, that would be really good. Uh, cool. Well, I think we want to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back with a little bit of fiction. Yes. A little bit of Easter fiction. Yes. Now, we have a special um, sweet little crunchy Easter treat. 
I feel like that music from Rocky and Bullwinkle should be playing. Ah, I'll have to see if I can find that. Oh, okay, that would be cool. It would be cool. So, um, because this is sort of an Easter episode, we wanted to to explain and introduce more about the whole Star Trek peeps (laughs) sex connection thing. For those of you who aren't aware that peeps have become an important and... uh, inherent part of Star Trek. For us, anyway. For us, anyway. So, um, do you want to give a little bit of the history of all that? Yeah, back when I was first starting to write fanfic, which was like 97, 98, I do not know how we got into a discussion of Peeps on the news group. But there were people who, you know, outside of America hadn't heard of Peeps, so we'll explain that, that they are little little marshmallow chicks mm-hmm. and they're 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 nasty they're sweet they're sugary but some people absolutely adore mm-hmm. them and they show up in stores in packages at Easter mm-hmm. and now we have them during other holidays but we have them at Easter um and someone issued a challenge that they wanted a story where someone <laughs> mistakes a peep for a contraceptive mm-hmm. And so I, I took this up, and since then I have sort of been branded as this peeps pervert. So I'm going to read you this story, <laughs> and then I'm going to point you to the real peeps pervert. The peeps pervert. <laughs> okay, because this is called Where No Peep Has Gone Before. It's a first-person a story by a female companion of Kirk's. I thought it was going to be fun. Jim raided the chiller and brought his plunder into the bedroom. I got out our favorite dildo and jammed it into a fresh carton of chocolate swirl ice cream. He laughed as he popped the cork on the champagne and sprayed me with it. And just for fun, when he went looking for a towel, I put a box of peeps on the nightstand. It was supposed to be funny, all right? I just wanted to remind him of the time he bit the heads off Finnegan's peeps. I never thought it would end up like this. Well, needless to say, things got pretty messy. We wrote our names on each other with whipped cream. He nibbled cherries out of my pussy. I sipped champagne out of his navel. And we each got a turn with the icy dildo. And I still can't decide which tastes better on his cock. Chocolate sauce or butterscotch? We were kissing when Jim reached across me toward the night table. I heard a number of things fall, but I ignored it. I figured he knew what he was doing. And by then I'd forgotten all about the peeps. So when I felt him slip something into me, I thought it was the contraceptive sponge. I guess I was still a little numb from the ice cream. But when when I wrapped my legs around him, my foot touched something strange. I raised my head and looked over his shoulder. There was a bright yellow marshmallow chick perched on his ass. I tried to kick it off, which he thought was a sign of building passion. But really, I couldn't look at it without laughing, and he hates when I laugh during sex. So he was humping away, and I was just about to have hysterics because the peep had gotten all smashed and smudged from me kicking it. But the damn thing wouldn't move. And it just looked sillier and sillier, and suddenly sex seemed silly, and the expression on Jim's face was pretty damn funny, too. So I burst out laughing. Stop laughing, he said. I can't help it. There's a peep on your ass. What? He turned to look over his shoulder, and we both screamed in pain. It took us a while to figure out how it happened, but it appears that there's a peep in me instead of a sponge. And Jim's cock is sticky from all the sweets I slathered on it. We're stuck together. I tried to talk him into letting me summon help. He said he'd rather die than have to explain this to anyone. And besides, he said, 
If we just wait a while, I'm sure things will work themselves out. It's been four hours. We manage to change positions so that we're side by side, which at least allows me to breathe. And Jim, damn him, he's actually asleep, snoring right in my face. I'll give it ten more minutes, and then I'm calling for the paramedics. Unless he tries to roll over again, then I'll just call the police because he'll be dead. And if I end up pregnant, I'm suing the peeps people for every credit they've got. <laughs> now, this kind of fits in with Captain Kirk's thing about sex and dessert. Yeah, he likes it. I agree. That's such a funny story. There is a sequel to this story called Romancing the Peep, which you may enjoy. But anyway, so I've written maybe a grand total of... Four. Yeah, I was going to say four or five. Four or five stories that feature peeps. Mm -hmm. There's another fanfic Mm -hmm. writer named Ventura who is, oh my God, they should be studying her brain for science because she comes up with the most remarkable things. Mm -hmm. And she started writing peeps stories and they just got stranger and stranger. And now there have been peeps and Hortas mm-hmm. and Tribbles, all as sex partners for Kirk, in the same story. Oh, yeah, and they're so good. They are so good, and they are so funny and so, so creative. And honestly, if you really want to just laugh laugh yourself silly, you need to read the Horta stories. Mm-hmm. There's a whole series of them. They're really funny. They're not gross. <laughs> I mean, you well, would, some of them kind well, of are. They, but, they're, but they're funny. I mean, they're not. you don't read them and go, ew, squick. You read them and go, ah, that's crazy. Yes. So, Lena is going to read a little bit of one of her stories because mm-hmm. it's a little long, but this will give you a taste. Mm-hmm. And so, for your Easter treat, you're going to want to go read the rest of this story and the rest of yes. many of her stories. So, we're going to put in a link to this story and then a bigger link to all of the, the other things that she's written as well. And she writes in, in many series, mm-hmm. not just original series. Yeah. Um, so, this story is called Symbiosis. And it's... Uh, so... Fanfic stories have coatings on them that tell you who's in them and what the rating is. So this is rated R, and the characters involved are Kirk, Rand, Grapefruit, Horta, and Tribble. And also, this kind of plays into, um, Bill was doing like a sci-fi strange show a few years ago, and on, on the Halloween show, he was eating a grapefruit, <laughs> and the, the the sound of the things he was saying to the grapefruit were just filthy. They were. They were completely And so this filthy. kind of plays into that, too. Right. So the description here is, the captain falls under the influence of a passionate, intoxicating alien grapefruit. It's a a fairly long story, so uh, I'm just going to read the first section, first couple sections of it. Symbiosis. Carrying an Easter basket heaped precariously full, a lovesick Christine Chapel lurked just outside the bridge, waiting to pounce on Spock as soon as his shift was over. Even though the plumbing soup incident unfortunately hadn't turned out quite the way she planned, Chapel was certain Spock couldn't possibly resist the goodies she had chosen for him this time. Enraptured by a lovely daydream, Chapel almost didn't notice when Spock left the bridge, walking a few paces behind Kirk with his usual measured stride. She hurried to catch up with the object of her adoration, stammering and blushing as she held out the basket toward him. "'Sir, this is for you. Happy Easter. I'm sure you'll like the candy. There are plumic-flavored jelly beans!' Chapel's voice trailed off into a screech as she found herself unceremoniously tripped. Plumic jelly beans, chocolate salots, and all the other delicacies that she had so carefully chosen went flying in every direction. "'Oops, so very sorry.' 
A soft voice, but obviously smirking, Janice Rand bent over to pick up a shattered piece of chocolate, exposing her well-rounded rump for Spock's admiration as she did so. I'm afraid we'll have to throw most of this away, but I have a much better Easter basket for you anyway, Commander Spock. Clenching her fist, Chapel fumed in silent fury as the shameless yeoman continued to flirt. It wouldn't be long, Chapel vowed, before Rand got what was coming to her. Yes, sir, grapefruit peeps, a new flavor, and it's very delicious. My grandmother sent me a whole carton. Chekhov smiled ingratiatingly as he gave the captain a package of the marshmallow candies, which were yellow, but a rather sickly pale color that looked much less appetizing than the original. Kirk mumbled a polite thanks as he stuffed the package into his front pants pocket. He could throw it away later, when that little brown-nosed twerp Chekhov wasn't around to notice. Glancing down the corridor, Kirk saw a distraught-looking nurse chapel approaching. He turned to face her. "'This is so hard to say, Captain. I just can't bear to do it, but my Starfleet honor compels me.' Chapel started wringing her hands in apparent distress. "'I have to tell you that my very dear friend Janice Rand has been harboring a contraband animal in her quarters, specifically a tribble. She bought it the last time we had shore leave.' I kept quiet about it at first, but my conscience has been bothering me, Captain, and I just had to come clean. I do hope you won't be too hard on Janice. After all, this isn't as bad as last month when she bought a case of black market Romulan ale and got drunk on duty. Chapel's hand flew to her mouth, and she gave Kirk a round-eyed stare. Oh my, how very embarrassing. I forgot you didn't know about that, either. I'll deal with it, nurse. Observing that Chekhov had gone, Kirk reached into his pocket and took out the peeps. This seemed as good an opportunity as any to get rid of them. Enjoy these grapefruit peeps and have a happy Easter. Thanks very much, sir, but I'm on a diet. Chapel quickly escaped, leaving Kirk still holding the peeps, which he stuffed back into his pocket with a sigh. <laughs> so that's just the first part of it. And um, as you can see, there are many strands coming together here, mm-hmm. and they have a, a wonderful ending. <laughs> God, that then I'm just looking at the very next part of it where Rand says, I was just enjoying a nice peach bubble bath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is part of what I love about Ventura is she um, she rags on the same oh, yeah. characters and fanfic themes that I do, such as the peach bubble, the bath, peach and, bubble bath and the peeps and, and Chapel and, and Rand and people like that. So, <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So please go and enjoy the peep stories for Easter yes. because they're so very good. They are. And, uh, you know, one of the other things we were talking about at dinner was the Cecil B. DeMille movie, The Ten Commandments. And, you know, I challenge anyone to watch that movie and not think that Yul Brynner is, like, the most desirable and hottest character ever. Because he's just so hunky. I don't see how you could ever, like, hold Charlton Heston up in comparison to him. No. It just doesn't work. But the most interesting performance in the whole thing. Of course. (laughs) To me, anyway, is Ann Baxter. Because... Every time she says, Moses, it's like she's having an orgasm. I mean, she's just walking along. Oh, good morning. Moses. You know, she's so great. I think that's one of the great comic camp films Absolutely. of the 20th century. It is a wonderful movie. It's so crazy. The stunt casting in it is just crazy. <laughs> John Derrick. John. Getting whipped. Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> Where's your Messiah now, Moses? <laughs> Vincent Price as a gay overseer. It just doesn't stop. I mean, every scene that you're in, you're like, I can't believe these people are in this movie. John Carradine as Aaron, Moses' brother. And you know what the thing is? 
it is so strange. Like you're saying with all this, the stunt casting mm-hmm. and, and the strange interpretation <laughs> of, of history and everything else. And in the middle of it is Charlton Heston playing this so straight. And just without a hint of irony exactly. when he's surrounded by all of this. It's pretty amazing. People just chewing up that scenery. That's right. It's hilarious. Jump, 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 jump. Oh, it's a great movie. Oh, and it is really long. Did you ever tell you this story? So one time um, for Easter, so I used to be Catholic, but now I'm an atheist. Um, <laughs> so I have like no regard for it except for eat, like eating candy. Not even chocolate because I can't have that. So... Um, I, I wanted to inflict this movie on my friends, so I forced them to come to my house. <laughs> and we were going to, we watched most of it. We, we fast-forwarded through a lot of it, which is really boring. But I made a special Easter cake, and it was a vanilla cake that I made in the shape of a lamb, and I filled it with raspberry jam. <laughs> so when you cut into it, it was all white and fluffy, and then the raspberry jam kind of leaked out. Like so this was like symbolic, it right? Was. It, it was. It was hilarious. It was Elena symbol cake. <laughs> It was great, and I didn't tell them that. Are you, like, going to send this recipe into a, a newspaper or something for when they do their Easter and Passover recipes? It could be. I didn't tell them that it had raspberry jam in it. <laughs> so I was just like, here, cut the cake. Cut its head off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to tell you a story about <laughs> cutting heads off then. And mine has to do with peeps. Oh, okay. Okay, in my... In my little peepster, I made reference to the time Kirk bit all the heads off Finnegan's uh-huh. peeps. Actually, earlier than that, peeps had appeared in a story of mine in which we learned that Finnegan, while at the Academy, was a peeps freak. <laughs> That's right. I remember and he loved that story. Them. And to get back at him for all the evil things he'd done to him, Kirk snuck into his room and bit all the heads off his peeps. Right. And ended up getting very sick. Really sick. sick. Really, really sick from eating peep heads. But that was inspired by a real-life incident. I was... Working with a woman once at at lunch, and she was telling us about um, her ex-husband, who was a horrible person, and what really finally drove her to take action and divorce him was she came home, and he had bitten all the heads (gasps) off her peeps. Oh, my God. And that was what ended the marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was very symbolic. (laughs) Very symbolic. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. I did. I don't think you ever told me that. That, that was life is stranger true. than Star Trek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this particular show. We've covered so many things. Um, so don't eat too many peeps. Don't eat too much chocolate and make yourself violently ill. Yes. That would be good advice. And um, we'll be back next time with even more um, crunchy Trek non-Easter goodness. Right. Right. Was that convoluted enough? Yeah, yeah I, think I think it, it was. Okay. For me, I'm sitting here with my eyes crossed. So. 